I want to talk to you. I started in, I don't know, two weeks ago or something. I started in discussing with you faith, not ordinary faith, faith that always wins. Don't get so excited now. Faith that always wins. And tonight I'm going to talk to you a little bit, Lord willing, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about faith that always wins, never ever wavers. Did you get me? Faith that always wins, never, ever, 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 under any circumstance, at any time, under any situation, under oppression, obsession, faith that always wins, never, ever, ever wavers. Your Bible is a book of the ultimate triumph of good over evil. And if you are standing in the good, if you are standing in the right, if you are standing in righteousness, if you are standing in holiness, if you have not stood in rebellion, you are going to win every time, everywhere, because he always makes manifest the savor of his presence by us in every place. Tragedy to triumph. Trial to triumph. Temptation to triumph. This book is a book of winning. This book is a book where you come out on top, where you are the head and not the tail, where you are the first and not the last. Shout my faith. Always wins. I may have to come shake you. Sitting there acting like your faith is going to be denied. Acting like you don't have enough faith. Acting like there's something wrong with your faith. God did not issue you defective faith. Somebody write that down. I'm going to put that on Facebook tonight. God did not issue you defective faith. Faith always wins. The only way for your faith to fail is if you quit. I thought I was talking to some people who got off on words like impossible improbable. If you all are going to sit there and stare at me all night, I'm going to go back and tend to my flooded washer. Shout, my faith will not, cannot fail. I don't even have time to tell you. Write down Luke 22. Because if you'll read Luke 22, you will discover that it is impossible for your faith to fail. For your faith to fail, God would have to surrender his throne to the devil himself because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Do you understand? He's not swearing by you. He's not swearing by your ability. He doesn't, it's not important to him what you can do. It, All right, I can't, I can't go there because there's something I really want to tag you with tonight. Romans 8, 31. Romans 8, 31. What shall we then say to these things? Say, say, say. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for me, who can be against me? Shout the name right now of what's coming against you. Shout its name right now. It has a name. Cancer has a name, doubt has a name, discouragement has a name, lust has a name, insecurity has a name, sickness has a name, disease has a name, infirmity has a name. Call it by its name and then square your shoulders and shout to a waiting world. His name is above every name and my faith always wins. I'm gonna shake you. 
You cannot fail. How are you going to fail? I shouldn't go here, but I will. Simon, Simon. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that if God doesn't get your attention the first time, he'll talk again. He's going to be sitting up in here acting like that you always hear him the first time. How many times in your Bible does it say? How many times does God Almighty repeat himself and shout over the sapphire sill of heaven's gate with a waiting world and a trembling hell waiting? How many times does he say, the just shall live by faith? Anybody know? Does anybody know? Four. Four. Four times he shouts, the just shall live by faith. He doesn't say John 3.16 four times. He doesn't say with his stripes you are healed four times. But he does say, he does say, the just shall live by faith four times. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired, 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 heavy breathing, passionate, passion. Satan hath desired. I want to move up on the devil's hit list. I don't have a Charlie Brown spirit. Why is everybody picking on me? I look at the onslaught of hell arrayed against me. The armies of the alien antichrist that come out of their little darkened crevices in the underworld and the underbelly of the earth and come out against me as a badge of honor. If God be for me, I hear God say, have you considered my servant Rod? He's perfect and upright. A man that escheweth evil. Oh, hallelujah. I told you, when you begin to really live by faith, you're not going to have to try to get rid of the devil. The devil's going to have to try to get rid of you. Shout, my faith wins. I wish I could preach 24 hours a day. My faith wins. Simon, Simon, what's your name? What's your name? God, I'm gonna have to go to a hotel in downtown Columbus and rent some chairs and go around and tell people their names so they think I'm spiritual. What's your name? I told a group of people one time they were getting all spiritually excited because they're going to some little rat-infested hotel sitting on a folding chair and some shyster telling them their name. Because when they wrote out their check, he put their television camera on it and read their name. And they translated that to him in a little thing in his ear, and he'd tell them their name. So I came in on a Sunday morning and did exactly the same thing. Had some lady stand up. Susie? Susie. One, one, one thirty-four Spruce Street. I said, now, how did I know that? She said, the Lord told you. I said, the Lord didn't tell me nothing. That camera told me. And pulled that thing out of my ear. Quit looking for the spectacular and live in the supernatural. That was worth coming tonight right there. Stand up. Here, here, triple.
How many of you know your name? Then shout it. Shout it again. Now shout it two times. Satan hath desired to have you. Let's all praise him. Why don't you shout when I say that? You see what I'm saying? Satan hath desired. Satan, you, you, he, you, you got his attention. Satan hath, not an imp, not the demon, not the principality, not the power. Satan hath desired to have you. Desired. We're going to talk about that tonight. Desired to have you. Desire. Desire. What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. The just shall live by faith. Desire. Satan hath desired. Requisition and received permission. That's my, me that's my message for you tonight. Cheer up, it's going to get worse. Satan presented himself before the Almighty and asked God to have you. Requisition and received permission. You know what that tells me? So you don't know what to shout about. You always get the emphasis on the wrong syllable. You know what that tells me? Emphasis on the wrong syllable, those of you that are slow of listening. You know what that tells me? Satan has requisitioned and received permission. That tells me that God has enough confidence in me that he knows that the devil can't do nothing with me. Beaten and battered, but am not bowed. Empowered by power from another world. Serving an infallible leader with irresistible power, which is based upon absolute truth. Satan has requisitioned and receive permission to have you. I just want to stop right there and go home and just leave that lingering. But I won't. Satan hath requisitioned and received permission to have you. God has said to the adversary, Take him, if you think you can handle him. Do you believe what I'm saying? Well, would you notify something that you believe what I'm saying? Satan hath requisitioned and received permission to have you. That he might sift you as wheat. Everybody shout the next word if you have a Bible. But! I. Who's talking? Who's talking? Who's talking? But I have prayed for you. Now, do you honestly want me to believe that you are so important and so special that you are the first person that Jesus ever prayed for that the Father refused to answer his prayer. I'm trying to tell you, your faith wins. Your faith wins because right now in the ethereal pavilions of the glorious heavens, Jesus of Nazareth is at the right hand of the Father interceding over the mercies. 
Forget the chair you be over the mercy. It's Jesus sprinkling his own blood. And praying for Larry Stacy's sake. That it shall not fail. Your faith's not going to fail. Okay, thank you for your enthusiasm. Your faith, I don't care what you're believing for right now. That's right. I don't care what you're believing for right now. Stand up. I don't care. Stand up. I don't care what you're believing for. I don't care what you're believing for. You got enough of the anointing sitting at lunch today to see everything you're believing for come to pass. The adversary has been trying to attack your daughter's female organs, but that's not going to work. Father, in Jesus, oh, that's done. God, everybody just say, my faith will not fail. For my faith to fail, Jesus would have to fail. Now, if you think he's able to fail, just sit there. But if you think it's impossible, because with men it is impossible, oh, but with God, all things are possible. All right. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to just, I'm sorry, but I don't want to hang up there. Second Corinthians 2.14, look it up later. First John 4.4, 4, look it up later. Isaiah 54, 17, look it up later. John 19, 30, look it up later. I'm just getting it on the tape. Matthew 28, 6, look it up later. Matthew 19, 26, look it up later. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said unto them, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Mark 10, 27, and Jesus looking upon them said, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection, I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never. God Almighty. It just, I'm just trying to convince you that that's a book where you win. Where was I? Mark 10, 27. How about John 11, 25? No, John 11, 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection, I am the life. Revelation 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Look, when an angel comes from heaven with a chain in his hand, get ready, something about to happen. That's an, indi that's an indication they're about to be motion, emotion, and commotion. Something about to happen. God dispatches a big old angel out of heaven dragging a chain in his hand. He's not coming to play jump rope. He's looking for somebody. And he laid hold on Satan, that old serpent, and dragon, and bound him, bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit. Get ready to shout and shut him up. Oh, shut up. Oh, shut up. I dare you to shout at whatever's attempting to torment you. Stomp your foot, point your finger, say, why don't you shut up? <laughs> Revelation 19, 11, and I saw heaven open and a white horse. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true. In righteousness doth he judge and make war. Upon his head were many crowns. <sighs> he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood. His name was called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth proceeded a sharp two-edged sword that with it he should smite whatever's hindering you. 
Every disease, every malady, every malfunction, every infirmity, every tormenting spirit, every spirit of lust, every spirit of demise, that with it he should smite the nations. He did rule them with a rod of iron and he did tread out the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God upon his vesture, on his thigh, a name inscribed, King of Kings. Lord of Lords. I'm just trying to tell you, you win. Shout, I win. I have faith that wins. Now, I would like to read to you 11, Revelation 21, 1 through 22, but it'd take a while. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. I'm not going to read it. You read it later. Revelation 22, 1, he showed me a pure river of the water of life clear as a crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb and in the midst of the street of it on either side of the river there was the tree of life which bare 12 manner of fruits. How many? Twelve. And yielded her fruit every month. How many months in a year? Twelve. Twelve, 12 manner of fruit 12 times a year. 12 times 12, 144. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse. You win. I don't care what you're facing today. If they bury you on Friday, you win. You win. You, you may be tormented right now with sickness, but you win. You're either going to get healed on this side of Jordan or on the other side. Don't make any difference. You win anyhow. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The throne of God with men forever. You win. Because the just shall live by faith. You win. 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 You triumph. You're the victor. You're not the victim. You are not overcome. You are the overcomer. And to them that overcome shall I grant. Okay, I got it. Okay, I'm going to skip a bunch of stuff here. I'm going to skip a bunch of stuff. All right, here we go. Faith that wins does not waver. Okay. Say, does not waver. Time is it. All right, let me, let me put a little word on it. James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, shout, that's me. If any of you lack wisdom, the ability to use knowledge, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let, here it is now, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Faith that wins does not waver. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed, meaning it responds to the natural circumstances of its surroundings. Faith pays no attention to wind nor wave. Nothing wavering. For he that wavers like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A faith that wins will not waver. Hebrews 10, 36. For you have need of patience. After that, you have done the will of God that you might 
inherit or receive the promise. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe he is. And that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The book of Romans says, Abraham did not stagger concerning the promise of God through unbelief, but was made strong in faith. Listen to me. He did not stagger. It's, it's, it's actually when you're, when you trace it back to its roots, it's where we derive our word Vaseline from. Vacillate. The ability to slide with ease. Abraham did not vacillate. He did not slide between two mutually exclusive expectations, but was strong in faith. Immovable, considered not his own age, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He, he did not respond to what he saw, heard, felt, somebody told him, the Dow Jones exchange or the six o'clock news. He did not waver. Faith that wins will not waver. I'm going to give you 12 indicators of a faith that will not waver. You ready? Get them. I'm going to come back sometime and preach all of them. Here they are. Number one, faith that will not waver takes God at his word without question. Do you know that, do you know that Doubt was introduced into the human DNA by Satan. Do you know that before the fall, there was no such thing as doubt? And we have spent from the fall to now attempting to learn how to once again respond to our father with childlike faith without doubting, without wavering, without reasoning, without questioning. Remember what I told you Sunday night? Well, no, I think there are only four of you here Sunday night. Sunday night, that little boy fell over that cliff and grabbed hold of that sapling. He's hanging there and he, he yells out, help, and somebody says, I'm here. And he said, who's there? The Lord. Oh, Lord, help me. Do you trust me? Oh, absolutely. Let go of that sapling. Is anybody else up there? That's wavering. I get a doctor's report. I've been told that I have such and so disease. I lay my faith on. Things start to improve. I go back to the doctor and he gives me another bad report. Peter, get your eyes off the wind and off the wave. They don't have anything to do with you making it to the other side. Now, I, I, I got to get to this. Number, I'm not going to. Number two, faith that will not waver refuses to be refused. Number three, faith that will not waver will not doubt, will not wonder, and will not reason. Number four, has absolute confidence because, number five, they have asked according to the word. Number six, they know their prayer has been heard and answered. Number seven, this is how you know if you have unwavering faith. Number seven, 
You accept the promise as the answer, not your feelings or natural senses. Number eight, you refuse to act or speak contrary to the promise. You refute. Well, how do I know if I'm wavering? Well, what are you saying? Well, yeah, but I mean, I was just talking. No, 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 no. From the abundance of the Spirit, what do you say? Unwavering faith always wins. Number nine, does not accept that delay is denial. Number 10, laughs at words like impossible, insurmountable, incurable. Number 11 is assured God will, God can, and I will. Number 12, looks to God with childlike expectation. Now here's where I've been trying to get because I want to I zero in on this. The problem most often with faith, and I've never heard anybody else say those things, and I've never heard anybody else say this. The problem with faith most often can I write this one? Yes, sir. Is, get, get, get in here on me, Mr. Cameraman, because I want the whole world to see this. Thank you. You ready? Everybody, everybody watching? Here it is. Say, this, this is, the problem is the problem with my faith. With my faith. Come on back next week. <laughs> now, how many of you thought I was going to write that three-letter word? Nobody. And that's why. Watch this now. Stay with me. Now, listen. No believer should hang their head when sin is mentioned. Here's why. Sin has been conquered. Yes. It may be conquering you right now, but that's only as a result of something you don't know. So when you... You only destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And tonight I'm going to encourage your faith. I'm going to enable your faith because I'm going to enlighten your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and you're about to be catapulted into the stratosphere of faith. Here we go. Psalm 51.5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Ezekiel 18.20. The soul that sinneth it shall die. Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Proverbs 20.17. The bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards sin is like a mouth full of gravel. Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith, Galatians 3.11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith, Hebrews 10.38, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. Romans 14.23, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Got it? So I want to I talk a little bit about the only thing, the only thing at this level that can hinder your faith. Mountain-moving faith, God-exalting faith, body-healing faith, mind-delivering faith, prosperity-providing faith. Here we go. What is the nature of sin. 
James 1, 13, 14, and 15. James 1, 13. Let no man say when he is tempted. You might exchange for the word tempted the word solicited. Solicited. It means to make an offer because it has no ability to command. Let no man say, the only ability sin has is to solicit. You with me? Isn't this good? No, could you get on something else? Get on prosperity, please. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is, circle the word, drawn away of his, circle the word own, circle the word lust, and enticed, circle the word enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, circle the word conceived, a joining of that which is without to that which is within. You have conceived a child when the seed of the male attaches itself to the egg of the female. There is a conception, a joining of something that is without to something that is within. That's the reason your Bible declares guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That's the reason your Bible says keep my words. Keep them ever before you. Rehearse them when you get up in the morning. Rehearse them when you go to bed at night. And we're living in a society where as a church body we're attempting to read through the Bible in a year. It takes 15 minutes a day and yet I've heard report after report. Well, I'm behind. I've just given up. I just couldn't keep it up. Listen, you better keep it up, honey. You better keep it as frontlets before your eyes. You better be rehearsing it with your children. If you've got time to watch a 30-minute TV show, you've got time to get in the Word. If you've got time driving down the road, put it on your iPad, your iPhone, and let the thing talk to you while you're driving down the road. Don't you dare let the devil steal the Word out of your heart. The sower goes forth to sow the seed of the Word of God, and the enemy it comes to steal it. You better take a board and beat him off. What word was on? I gotta quit. Conceived. Conceived. We are to be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of our redemption. Are you listening to me? Sealed. Be careful, little one, what you see. Be careful what you hear. Be careful. Oh, well, I'm just, it's just entertaining. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Then what you gonna say when you start acting out that same behavior? Oh, I would never. If you take pleasure in watching somebody else do it, to permit is to participate. You might want to write that down. Oh, man, we're going to get into some stuff. Elder, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they can. Can you handle it? Can you handle something besides milk? Can you? The earth was not created in the state of sin. The disease was contracted, it was acquired. One exposure to Satan's corruption carried the communicable disease called sin and contaminated the bloodstream of all humanity. You say, yeah, but Brother Rod, I'm saved. I know, faith. Faith. I'm going to try one more time. Faith. 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 
recreated faith, living faith, walking faith. So what comes to destroy your faith? Sin. Sin. What is not a faith is sin. Okay, this is going over a bit. It's 8.30. It's 8.30. So what then is sin? Well, your Bible declares that sin is lawlessness. Now, what did Elder say right when I got up here? 2012 is the year of order, authority, structure, law, boundaries. Here, Lord, we've been going through that reading and make the candlestick and three sides and the, and the, and on the other three sides and the curtain shall have 12 cubits and four hooks and three rings and they shall be overlaid with gold and silver and they shall be of sockets and it's God's a God of order, my brother. And you think that because you talk in tongues, there shouldn't be any order in your life. And the next thing you know, somebody will be prophesying to you in a hallway and you'll lose out with God, lose your salvation, lose everything you've got, end up with some God-awful disease. Some order in your life. Some structure. Get out of bed in the morning. Brush your teeth, comb your hair, attack the day or get attacked. Oh, man, uh, man. You can go on if you want to. I'm going to take the praise and worship time tonight and I'm going to dismiss at 10 minutes till nine. Hey, I only get you twice a week. Are you all right? Shout a minute. Boy, the devil doesn't want me going down this trail. No. He'd rather me get my gun back out as do this. Okay, so sin is lawlessness. Sin is not the absence of the law. That's what we want. That's what our, our natural man wants, the absence of the law. Don't tell me. We're living in a generation. Don't tell me this. Don't tell me that. I'm an in and I can do and I want and I'm. We live in a lawless generation. Come on now, how long did I teach you? We want the glory, but not the government. We want the rhema, but not the logos. We want to prophesy, but we don't have 15 minutes a day to stay in the word. We want instant gratification, salvation. I'm coming. So sin is not the absence of the law. Sin is breaking the law. Sin is, secondly, missing the mark. A man with a bow and arrow tries to shoot at the bullseye and he misses the mark in the physical. In the mental, a man tries to memorize and learn a math equation and he gets three of the numbers wrong and he falls short of the mark. In the spiritual, we fall short of the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You can't be watching pornography and watch, walk in the glory. You can't come in here and shout and buck and then go have sexual relationships with somebody that you're not married to. either in your mind or physically. You can't lie and shout. You can't be a profane person and move mountains. Isn't this good? Romans 3.23, all of sin. So then sin is missing the mark by breaking the law. 
2 Timothy 2.5, if a man also strive for masters, yet he's not crowned except he strive lawfully. It is when I knew and I disobeyed that I sinned. Shout, I won't not move in faith. Okay, this is good. Hebrews 12, 4. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. What does that mean? No excuses. If I don't see you laying on the floor, bleeding as a result of fighting against sin, you have no excuse. Well, I was weak. I love this one. I like this one. I fell into sin. Let me help you, Bubba. You planned, schemed, arranged, calculated. Sounds like I'm talking to folks who've done it. Raise your hand, all you who have sinned. Some of them sitting there, yeah. Glad I'm not like them. You fell into sin. You didn't fall into nothing. You took a thimble and dug a swimming pool with it and filled it up with a teaspoon. Built you a high dive out of toothpicks and dove headlong. The next time you want to make an excuse about sin, take your time and on one side of a piece of paper, write down every excuse. List them out. You got a lot of them. You, we get good at it. And then right over here, write down every weapon that was at your disposal that you could have used. Old Kevin Wallace inspired me Wednesday night. He sounded like me when I was 25. I just want to make an announcement to the whole wide world. You backslidden bunch of preachers who get on national television and say and train young preachers to never mention the subject of sin in their churches because you say what you preach, you get. I'm not preaching for people to sin. I'm teaching them how to stay out of it. Oh, don't shout me down now. Just call them preaching. You cannot say I couldn't help it until you've resisted under blood. Sin is always, watch me, sin is always an act of personal will. Jesus died to give you back your free moral agency. Therefore, any sin is a decision that we make an act of our will. It's very easily illustrated. Your Bible says, be not drunk with wine. I believe Ephesians, be not drunk with wine where there's an excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. I ought to talk to a bunch of drinking preachers too who always say they take a little wine for their stomach's sake and then have two bottles and run into people drunk driving home. You used to shout when I'd say things like that when I was 25. 
Be not drunk with wine, where is an excess? Can I have a bottle of water, please? Be not drunk with wine, where is an excess? But be filled with the Spirit, right? Correct? Okay, so, if I drink a bottle of wine and I become inebriated, is that a sin? Okay, what if you strap me down and waterboard wine into my belly until I become drunk? Have I sinned? Why? I'm still drunk. It wasn't my will. I didn't have a choice in the matter. So sin is always an act of the will. Your choice. Therefore, we have no one to blame. But thank God we got a cross to run to. I'd have shouted right there if I was you. I'd... Somebody shout for the blood, shout for the cross, shout for mercy, shout for grace, shout for forgiveness. Secondly, how does sin come about? James 1.15. Lust, when it has conceived, bringeth forth sin. Okay, but now I'm going to stagger you. Lust is not, underline, not sin. Lust is not sin. But no sin has its beginning anywhere other than lust. Lust is desire. Lust is passion. Jesus said, I have lusted to eat the Passover with you, Mark 14, 14. 1 Peter 1, 12, Peter said, which things angels desire lust to look into. Philippians 1, 23, the apostle Paul said, I desire, I lust to depart and be with Jesus, but I'm staying for you bunch of knuckleheads. Are you bored with me? So number one, sin's basis is lust. Number two, sin's method is being drawn away and enticed, resulting in lust having drawn away, conceives, and bears sin. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation. Oh, we hate scriptures like this. There hath no temptation taken you, but which is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation make for you a way of escape. There was an exit. There was an escape. There was a moment you could have turned around. And if you would have, We change. Innocence into holiness or power by the choices we make. Your faith strength is, a, is directly related to the number of times you've been tempted and made the right choice. Think about the next, that the next time you're being enticed. Because I promise you when the doctor says you have cancer and have to die and cannot live, you want a reservoir. Hallelujah. Enticed, drawn away, solicited. I'm, I'm going to share this and then I'm going to quit. I don't want to. There is a desire. There is a desire placed in my heart. There's a lust in my heart for life, for joy, for peace. I lust for it. I desire it. But now sin comes, Dr. Estridge, if I break the law in an attempt to unlawfully satisfy my desire. God sets boundaries. Operate in these boundaries and live. Break the law, suffer the penalty that sin produces. Yeah. 
And man, it's painful. Huh? Drawn away, a hunting term. I don't know about that. Drawn away, a hunting term. To set a snare. Hmm? To set a snare. Enticed, a fishing term. To present a lure. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait! Because when you do, reality will set in. There's a hook in my jaw. And I'm still hungry. The curse of sin is that the God-given desire which you sought relief from illegally can never be satisfied. Go take some drugs because you want to be happy. And then you'll just keep sticking more needles in your arm and can't kill the beast. Some of you young men think you'll be satisfied when you get married. So you watch your pornography and you, you are illicit sexually now. Some of you couples become illicit sexually now and, and there's that guilt and that's why you fight all the time. And there's, and there's that guilt and, and you, you think, well, well I, I, I dabble in pornography now because, you know, I burn it on the inside and, and I've got this burning and so I satisfy it that way. But I know when I get married, no, when you get married, then you'll be into kitty porn. Please hear me beg you tonight. Don't take the bait. Do you know what the burning of hell is? The burning of hell is whatever you burn for now. And you'll run through those smoke-filled corridors begging for what you sought relief from in this world. Burning with intense desire that can never be satisfied. But oh, forget your pornography. Stand before the altar of God in glistening white. Throw your bottle away and come get you a drink. Do you know what Jesus said? He said to that woman at the well, you keep coming back after this water and you keep being thirsty. But I'll give you a drink and you will never, ever thirst again. Somebody shout, I feel the glory. There is a desire in my heart. The suggestion is made to draw me away from the law to fulfill my desire, to take a shortcut, to step outside the law, to fulfill a proper desire. Temptation lures me to take a shortcut, to take the bait, knowing the pain and bondage that awaits. If you seek to satisfy lust outside the law, desire can never be satisfied, only intensified. Somebody write that down. I'm going to put that on Facebook. Hell is craving that which never can be desired. Fulfilled. Jesus said, John 4.14, let me give you a drink of water. You'll never thirst again. Oh, God, tonight, close your Bibles. Oh, God, tonight, whatever is not of faith is sin. And so right now, Lord, we just confess to you every time that we have sought to fulfill a desire in an unlawful manner, forgive us. Let mercy come running now, Lord. Wash us. Cleanse us, baptize us, and let us determine by the power and the help of the 
tremendous weapons you've given us, the Word of God, prayer, the weapons of our warfare which are not carnal but are mighty through God, to the pulling down of those strongholds, the casting down of those imaginations that would lure us away, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, Lord, we just cast it on you now. This is faith to faith. This is living by faith. Now, Father, as we have confessed our sin and our need of you, we pray that you would ever keep before us the power of the Holy Spirit that will change innocence faced with a decision to holiness and power. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I wanna invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.